0: Welcome to Promised Land at Home Podcast, where we bring people into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. Wherever life has you, we pray that today's sermon both challenges and encourages you. We're so glad you're listening today and hope you enjoy the message. Today, I want to share with you two core principles, two core, very important parts of the foundation of our church and um, it, it, this is the first two blanks, or these, these two I, ideas that, that we founded our church on, and they're super important. Uh, the reason we're doing this series is because we have so many new people in our church and, that have come this summer, and we really feel like it's important just to go through the basics. And, um, man, as we're going through this, I, myself, have needed to hear some of these concepts, um, and, and we can never, we can never get... Um, we don't want these, we don't take these for granted, right? We want to we be centered on these. So here is today's. promised Land is Bible-based and spirit-led. Bible-based and spirit-led. Some of you think, well, isn't that obvious? I mean, you're a church. Well, why wouldn't you be Bible-based? And I'm, I'm glad you have that assumption, but the problem we have in 2023 is there are a lot of churches that may say they're Bible-based, but they're really not. They're being tossed, as Ephesians 4 says, and they're blown back and forth by every wind that comes their way. Whether that's something that Congress is doing, or Hollywood's doing, or TikTok is doing, or uh, whatever the the current theme of the the generation may be, churches often kind of go with that flow. Now, promising we're going to change our method, but we're never going to change the message. And the message comes from the Word of God. And we believe that uh, the Bible is trustworthy. We believe that it is eternal truth that uh, is true no matter if you live in China or Peru or Canada. Uh, We believe that it's true whether you live in 4000 B.C. or, you know, 200 A.D. or you live in Hayes County in 2023. Come on. It is... Truth And it's absolute truth. It's not relative. That's one of the big problems we have in our culture today is that people say, well, that's your truth. That's your truth. No, 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 no. There's no your truth and your truth. There's just the truth. And there's not truth. All right. It's either true. Remember the old true or false? True or false? True. (laughs) This is true. True. This is what it says in our actual statement of beliefs. We believe that the Bible is a true and fallible word of God. It holds the words of eternal life and the keys of the kingdom of God. The Bible shows us God's principles and standards for living. It is the food that sustains us in all circumstances. We believe that we are to wash and renew our minds daily. Wash and renew Great, great words there we need to be cleansed by the Word of God and renewed. Our minds are tired and worn out and beat up. And so the Word of God brings life. You know, when, when you're far from home, those of you Bobcats that are far from home, sometimes you get away from your center, away from your family. You can start thinking and believing things about yourself that are not true. And you need messages from home to keep you centered and grounded. And... Uh, Back in the old days, you know, handwritten letters were the big deal. And uh, if you got a letter from home, it was super important and it would help you remember. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, I remember that about that. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Okay. These letters from home kept keeping you grounded. Uh, Augustine of Hippo says this the Holy Scriptures are our letters from home. Humanity is far from home, our home is with our Heavenly Father. But we live on this broken planet that is so hurting and so difficult and so hard to, to deal with. And so we can get sucked into the words of the people around us or even just the words inside of our own mind, our own heart. And we can be pulled away from who we really are. And we need the words from our Heavenly Father, letters from home that keep coming to us saying, no, 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 you're called, you're chosen, you're mine, you're saved, you're forgiven, you're redeemed, you have a future. Amen. Amen. Yes. Anybody awake at the 10 o'clock service today? Come on. I might actually preach this morning. Uh, that's what God is saying to you. And if you don't read the word, you don't hear the message. So you got you to get in the word. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 4 and 4. He said, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That word come in the the, uh, King James Version was proceeding. Every word that is proceeding, it is a present tense uh, flow from God. So when you read any other book, when you read any other book written by any other author, the words were written... Ten years ago, hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, ten minutes ago, whatever, those words are dated and you can get stuff from knowledge, wisdom, insight, you know business sense, all that kind of stuff you can get entertainment from other books are great. but when you read the Word of God, it is a living word that is proceeding. it is coming from the mouth of God as you read the word and you can those of you that have read the Bible for a while, know that, that you can read the Bible one year, and then the next year you can read the same verse and get something completely fresh and new out of that same scripture, even if you have it memorized, because it is a word that is fresh and coming from God. And we we were designed, God, God designed our bodies and our hearts and our spirits to need his word and to hunger, not just by bread alone. He says that we don't live by bread alone and that. You know, that's more than just bread. That is, he, what he's saying is you're, you're living by more than just oxygen and food and working and money and, and relationships and family. You're, you're living, you're, you're, you're needing more than that. What you're needing is the word that is coming from the mouth of God. One of my favorite all-time preachers, Anthony Mangan, uh, said it like this. It's kind of long. Just hang in there. The word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Memorize it and store it. And the Bible is the mind of God, and the Bible is the state of man, the doom of sin, the way of salvation, the happiness of the believers. The Bible's doctrine is holy. Its precepts are binding. And its history is true. You can read it and be wise. Believe it and be saved. Practice it and be holy. It, can, it contains light to direct. It has food to sustain you. It can comfort you. It can cheer you. It is a traveler's mount. It is the pilgrim's staff. It is the Christian's charter. There's nothing like the word of God. There, heaven is open and the gates of hell closed. Jesus is the grand subject and the glory of God is its end. It shall fill the memory. It should rule the heart. It should guide the feet. You read it slowly. You read it frequently. You read it prayerfully. It is given to you here in this life and it will be open to you in judgment. It is forever settled in heaven. It involves the highest responsibility and it condemns all who trifle with its pages. This book is supernatural in origin, eternal in duration, divine in authorship, inexhaustible in meaning, perfect in precept, universal in readership, personal in application, and powerful in effect. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts both ways. No blade equals it. It has survived every attack. And there's no book that equals it. It is life. A hammer. A seed. It penetrates darkness. It breaks opposition. It will melt and consume. It is incorruptible. It uplifts. Upholds. It builds. It sustains. It orders your steps. It gives hope and it shows us his will. The word of God produces fruit, convicts sin, converts souls, cleanses the conscience, corrects the wrongs, supports the right, and conquers all fold. Read it, heed it, desire it, and preach it. Rightly divide it, live it, suffer for it, use it, And if need be, die for it. Not done yet. Know it in your head. Store it in your heart. Show it in your life. And sow it in the world. There's no doubt that the devil hates the word of God. And what do we do? We leave it laying on our bookshelf. We haven't opened the app in a while. We are so spoiled. Our generation in America has so many different Bibles. We can get them everywhere. They're free. They're on our phone. There's a Bible app. It will actually read the Bible to you as you're going on a walk or driving down the road. There's other parts of the world today where a whole whole church community will share one Bible. And they literally have to tear pages out of the Bible and rotate them around. And just to have one part of the Bible is such a privilege for them. And we are so spoiled that we just don't touch it. I want to I reinvigorate a little bit today a heart and a love for the Word of God. Because if there's anything that we need in our life, it's the truth, it's the eternal truth of the Word of God. You can listen to other people, you can watch TV, you can, you can watch your phone, you can scroll and scroll all day long. But if you don't have the Word of God in your life, you're going to be lost. And there's going to be situations that come up in your life that these other scenarios cannot fix. It is just the truth foundation of the Word of God that makes it happen. It makes, it, it makes you make it through these situations. Now, how do you read the Bible? How do you read the Bible? I want to show you right now how to read the Bible. Y'all ready? You take the Bible, and you open it, and you read it. About that time, the disciples came to Jesus. Yeah. We make it too hard, y'all. We make it way too hard. It's not that hard. The Bible can be intimidating. It's long. They're they're split into Old Testament, New Testament. Uh, There's some thick language in the Old Testament. Uh, Like, I don't understand some of that stuff. What should I do? If you're totally brand new to Christianity, you're exploring God, flip over to the book of John and read the Gospel of John. It's the story of Jesus. And uh, you don't have to read whole chapters at a time. What you can do is you can break it up. So not only do our, our modern Bibles have it split up into chapters but and verses, but uh, our Bibles have it split up into subsections as well. So like right here, this is Acts chapter 3. Uh, right here it says, Peter preaches in the temple. So verse 12 all the way to 26 you could just read that one section and uh, pray about it. Lord, show me something as I read this. Speak to me today. I'm listening. I want to hear what you have to say in your word. And um, there's an ancient practice called Lectio Divina where you actually read that one passage three times. And every time you say a little prayer, Lord, speak to me. I wrote a book a few years ago called How to Be Made Whole. based on our family's journey with my daughter who has special needs and it's really the gospel shown through her life. And in chapter 12, I have a whole chapter on how to read the Bible and different techniques and ways to read the Bible. But I don't want to make it too complicated either. Just open the Bible, read it, or listen to it on uh, the Bible app. The next thing I want to talk to you about, I want to end with this, is being spirit-led. We are Bible-based, but we're also Spirit-led. Again, you might say, well, of course you're Spirit-led. You're you're a church. That's not the case. Some people say they're Spirit-led, and they're not. They're led by a church board, or they're led by an egotistical pastor, or they're led by a denomination, uh, or they're led by something outside of the church. was even worse, right? Right. we want to be led by the Spirit. And, and we're tempted, every human's tempted to take control themselves and to lead things themselves with the knowledge that they have and the experience that they have because we have responsibility. And it's a very difficult thing because we have responsibility for us to live our life, work a job, graduate, you know, do all those things. Um, and, and how do I work and how do I participate in life without taking control of my life? How do I be led by the Spirit and at the same time do what I'm supposed to do? So this part of the message and this part of our, our principles is something that's church-wide, so we want the whole church to be led as a whole by the Spirit of God, and we also want each of our individual lives to be led by the Spirit of God. So what, what does that mean? There's, there's so many different voices that we hear. And uh, man, I'm telling you, the, the non Holy Spirit voices are so loud and they can be so convincing, and there can be so many of them. They could be the majority, they can make the most sense. Sometimes the Spirit is telling you to do something that goes against all the other voices that you're hearing. Yeah. How do we know that it is God's will and God's way? We want to be led by by His Spirit. The book of Galatians chapter 5 talks to us about the opposite of being Spirit-led. That's being led by your flesh, by your human mind, by your heart. You hear a lot of times, let's just, you know, follow your heart. You know what the Bible says? Don't follow your heart. Your heart is corrupt. (laughs) That's going to end in a disaster. No, follow the Holy Spirit. Jesus was with us in person, and he taught us, and he led us, and then he died, was buried in the tomb, rose on the third day, thank God, and then he was with his followers for about 30 or 40 more days after that, and then he ascends into the heavenlies, and they couldn't see him anymore, but before he did that, he told them, I'm not leaving you. I'm, I'm leaving you, but I'm not leaving you. My physical body's not going to be here, but I'm sending the Holy Ghost. I'm sending the Holy Spirit who's going to guide you and teach you and bring comfort to you. And so uh, the followers of Jesus are like, "Ah, oh, okay. Really wish you would stay with us. But they followed his direction. They went to Jerusalem. They waited until the Holy Spirit was poured out. Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts, the second chapter, and now humanity, humanity has the ability to follow deity, the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is God with us in 2023. And so in Galatians 5, 16, he says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So all of us in here have a sinful nature. I know that's hard for you to hear. You think you're good. You think, yeah, I did good, man. We all have a sinful nature. We all have a proclivity to do things that we should not be doing. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to, like, rob the banks or, you know, commit crimes or anything like that. But we have a sinful nature that's craving our self, our pride, our ego, our comfort, our success, all of that stuff. Our our sinful nature is craving that and it wants to receive all the glory for that. And so what he's saying is if you'll let the Holy Spirit guide your life, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Skip on down to verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, so we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading. And look at this, in every part of our life every part of our life since we're living by the spirit let us follow the holy spirit's leading in every part of our life so that means follow the holy spirit into what you should do on sunday morning go to church yeah but that also means follow the holy spirit and how you should live as a student what major you should take when you should study who you should hang out with You should allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in how you parent your kids and how you relate to your spouse. You should allow the Holy Spirit to be your guide in every business meeting, in every client meeting that you have and every situation that you have uh, in the neighborhood or at work or where. Let the Holy Spirit guide you in who you're dating. I got one that's right, right back there. One, 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 that's right. Let the Holy Spirit guide you in who you need to break up with. Oh, wait. Holy Spirit, you can have all these other parts of my life, but I'm going to stay in control of this part of my life. That's not what, that's not what we want. We want to live by the Spirit and allow the Spirit to lead us. We want to follow the Spirit in every part of our life. So this takes practice and intentionality. A lot of times we think we're being led by the Spirit because we're doing good things. There's a lot of good things to do and there's a lot of bad things not to do, okay? You got to be led by the Spirit to know uh, a great example of this is just, you know, uh, literally every single week our church is summoned by some other country to send money to them. The, the, the need out there for helping other people is insatiable. There's no way that we can help every single person uh, that has a need. We have to pray and we have to be led by the Spirit. What is the Lord leading us to in this particular area? So here are three ways I want to help you. Here's three ways to be led by the Spirit. Number one, these are on your notes. Number one, we surrender. That's number one, we surrender. We can't be led by the Spirit if we're not surrendered. That, that first verse I read, Galatians five sixteen says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. What that means is you, you don't have to let the Holy Spirit. You, you can keep the reins of your life possessed by yourself. But he says, let the Holy Spirit That means let go and surrender. And this is something, as I said earlier, it's intentional and it's on purpose. You have to practice this. And this is why it needs to be a part of your prayer language. Uh, And Jesus included it at the very beginning of the Lord's prayer when he says, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. This is submission. This is surrender. Lord, I do not want my kingdom And my will to be done, I want your kingdom come, I want your will to be done. Surrender, giving up, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this takes practice and intentionality because so many of us, especially those of us that have been around Christianity for a long time, maybe been in this for a long time, we assume that we have let go. But there's so many places where we've picked up control again. And it's not until we get into a very, very difficult situation and we start suffering emotionally and mentally, we realize, man, I'm not letting God take over this thing. I've taken over this thing and I really need to let go and be led by the spirit of God. So we say, Lord, please, i let go. I surrender. Please take over. Please take over this. Lord, if you anticipate going into a meeting or a decision or an engagement or a uh, a, a contract settlement or whatever it is that you're like, I'm anticipating a conversation with my mom or I'm anticipating a conversation with my brother or a business partner, whoever Lord lead me, Lord lead me. I am surrendering this meeting to you. I'm surrendering this conversation. I'm surrendering this text message to you, God. And the second thing is we seek After we surrender, we start seeking, Lord, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. Where are you speaking? What are you saying? Uh, The big part of this is when we read the Bible and when we pray. As we read the Bible, I want you to start seeking out the word of God, speaking to you directly uh, in what you're reading. Lord, speak to me. I need to hear you. I've got to hold on to this until I hear from you. I am not going to let go until I hear from you, Lord. There's, I, I, want, I want to open this up a little bit and just say there's some areas that you may not realize that the Lord is speaking to you, and he is. He's giving you signs that you're not seeing. He's going to put certain things in front of you at certain times, and I want you to be aware that this could be a sign from God. Uh, when Erica and I went to Greece this summer, we studied the book of John with... Um, Dr. Jeffrey Garner, and he was revealing to us and showing us in the book of John how Jesus used signs to point to his divinity. And all the miracles that he did in the book of John, they're called signs because they're not about a person being healed. They're about pointing people to Jesus. And so uh, we started talking about where is God speaking to us? Signs, wonders, and miracles that could be happening in our lives that are pointing us to Christ, and we don't even know it. And I've heard, you know, a good friend of mine, Dan Armstrong, was telling me years ago, he saw feathers everywhere, and he started realizing, he looking up in scriptures and praying about it. God was speaking to him through this, uh, these signs of feathers everywhere. Then, as, as we were in Greece, I said, you know what? I see the number 238 almost every day. I look at my clock at 238. It's weird. I don't know why. I'll see it on a police car. I'll see it 238 likes on Facebook, or, you know, like, just, it's weird. I see that number everywhere. And almost immediately, Jeff said, I see the same number almost every day. Now, what are the chances out of all the numbers in the world that both of us sitting on the other side of the world say we see? and, And it wasn't just I see that number there. I've been seeing it for over a year. God says you're at the right place. You're with the right person. I put you all together for such a time as this. And then we started digging into that number, and he started looking it up in Hebrew and Greek, and really like, God, what are you saying to us? This is a sign. I know this is a sign. Now, every time I see that number, um, it's confirmation to me. I'm with you. You're not by yourself. There's somebody else on this planet that's with you also when you feel like you're all alone. Anyway, that's me. That's me. That's my sign. That's what God's doing for me. Uh, and, and you're like, wow, I didn't know this was that kind of church. You know, this is kind of weird. Let's go back to number one. Have you ever read the Bible and the weird things in this Bible? There's some strange stuff in here, and we believe it. We believe in the supernatural. We believe what God says. If he says it, he will do it. And we're standing on that promise. And so I just want to expand your thinking a little bit, expand your mind a little bit, that God is speaking to you. Surrender to it. Seek it. And then number three, we're going to step. We're going to take a step. And this is the hard part because sometimes the Holy Spirit is leading you into a place That is risky, that will not pay off immediately, that you feel like the whole current of everything else in your life is going a different way. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is the best thing to do, and the easiest thing to do is not what you're supposed to do, and we totally believe in promise and in community and having other people in your life and checking things we also believe that the Holy Spirit will never lead you somewhere that the Bible has not firmly established already. There's some people that go off on weird tangents and they leave the truth of the word of God. We want to stay anchored in the promises of the eternal word of God. But we also want to allow our hearts to be available to those supernatural things that are in the Bible. So why don't you stand to your feet right now. I want us to sing a little bit. Nate, why don't we sing a little bit? I want us to open up. I want us to pray. Close us in prayer. And I want us to just sing just a little bit, and then we're going to dismiss. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for sowing your eternal word into us. God, it is an honor and a privilege to be able to read it and digest it and thank it and memorize it and all those things we talked about already thank you jesus thank you for giving us a trustworthy document that we can base our life on that uh that is just a beautiful beautiful foundation lord thank you for the word and lord please forgive us for being trite or taking it for granted are wasting opportunities to dive into your word, Lord. We want to get into it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father. We also want to be spirit-led. There's people in the room here today. There's people watching online right now that are struggling, struggling, struggling with situations that seem so impossible. But I am fully confident right now that your Holy Spirit is ready willing and able to lead them to lead us through the fire through the valley to the other side where there is victory God I pray that we would be open to hear your word that you would be open that we would be ready to 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 listen to what you have to say to surrender right now God and to seek you out and then take steps In Jesus' name we pray. Come on. Somebody say amen. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget we want to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Promised Land San Marcos, on Instagram at PSM Church, or on our website, psmchurch.com. Thanks again for listening to the Promised Land at Home podcast.